When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Coming up on today's show, PlayStation is going deeper into the esports scene, and are we already getting another Yakuza game? Welcome to another episode of Brit's Bodily Noises. <laughs> Just kidding. It's the What's Good Games podcast, your source for video game news, commentary, analysis, and funny stuff every Friday. I am Andrea Renee, joined by Brittany Brombacher <laughs> and Rihanna Manuel Pena. I'm going to try to recreate your intro that you oh. didn't record. Ooh. I thought you were going <laughs> to recreate my, my... I did too. Oh, and I was very disappointed. I just really like the spooky ooze. This ooze. I like it. Hello. Oh, welcome everybody to the show. It is Wednesday and... There's not a lot of news today, everybody. I'm just going to preface that. So we're going to be stretching this show as far as like the newsworthiness <laughs> of it, because it's just that time of the summer where there's just not a lot going on. But a big shout out and thank you to this month's Patreon producers, Chewie's Gotson, Alex Ogopoulos, Ferris Atia, Justin Foshi, Matthew Gadera, and Punctified. And if you want to join our Patreon community, you can do so at patreon.com slash what's good games. Or if you would rather just give us a couple minutes of your time in a in addition to listening to this fine show every week, you can do so by leaving us a five-star review. I've been going through and reading some of the reviews that y'all have been leaving, and they're really nice. With the exception of one person, Brittany. Yeah, one person. <clears throat> I'm sorry I had a drink of this wine, and boy, oh boy, that was that was like chewing on a balloon. All right, so, but I am putting... Wait, wait, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, what? Chewing on a balloon. Did you say it was like chewing on a balloon? It, it feels like someone melted a latex balloon, Andrew, and poured it into this cup. And this is not a dig against this wine that I'm drinking, which is Kevin O'Leary. <laughs> it's fine. not a... But it's not a dig. <laughs> listen, my opinions on wine are fucking worthless. They mean nothing. But I'm just saying, like, it... That, that woke me up. Wowzers. Okay, but yes, I'm putting out the Brit bat signal here, the re-bat signal, the Andrea bat signal. We got a one-star review, and it comes oh from no. someone named Duderbra. So that kind of tells you everything you need to know. But the review itself is a bunch of chicks complaining about Elden Ring being too hard. Now here's the thing. Which is like not even what we is were that? complaining about. No. But that's fine. No. And like, <laughs> admittedly, when I saw this, I laughed. I laughed because, you know, after you you're you do this enough, like negative comments just kind of make you laugh, especially when they're silly like this. But here's the thing, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, cats and dogs, is that one star review can really fuck up our rankings. So if you have not left us a five star review yet, I ask you, please, I will even drink more of this balloon wine if you do us <laughs> a solid and leave us a five star review to counteract that because it does it does screw with our shit. And so like, it's not like a YouTube comment where you can just delete it or downvote it and move on. This just remains on our shit and it's it's not yeah. good. So, yeah. hey. And we can't even really respond to them either. Mm -hmm. Like on Yelp, people can respond to these reviews, which is kind of a bummer. Yeah. But anyway, we appreciate everybody who's taking time to leave us reviews. They really make us feel good. Yep. Mostly. Mostly. <laughs> Today's show is brought to you by HelloFresh and Athletic Greens, but we'll talk to you more about them later. Before we jump into the news, surprise, I'm going to San Diego Comic-Con. So Comic-Con is back in San Diego in person, and there's a bunch of panels happening. There's not a ton of video game stuff at Comic-Con this year. Not that there is usually, but... I have the amazing opportunity to host a panel with the team from Dramatic Labs who are developing Star Trek Resurgence. And this is the team of former Telltale developers. And if you guys haven't seen anything about Star Trek Resurgence, which debuted at the Game Awards last year, it's basically that same narrative, choose-your-own-adventure formula set in the Star Trek universe. And I'm excited. We're going to play through a little bit of the game at the panel and mm -hmm. do some Q&A and talk to the devs. And it should be a grand old time. Oh, yeah. Yes. Come on by. Friday. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very exciting. That's, uh, yeah, that's all I have to say about that. And <laughs> yeah, I just want to take a brief moment of silence for my boy Maverick, who mm. we lost last week. Mm. And a big thank you to all of the fans who've reached out and sent very lovely words. And, you know, I said on Twitter that he will forever live on in our emotes on Twitch, which is fun. So I guess we just have to start streaming more Brittany and Rihanna so we can, you know, spam the Mav. Spam the Mav. In the, in the Twitch chat. That needs to be a hashtag. Absolutely. What a glorious little furball. Yeah. Mm. He was the best. Stole all the food. Oh, yes, so he did. Funny. <laughs> little food thief. But yeah, I can't talk too much about it because it'll just turn into a blubbering mess. We're going to continue on with the show. How about that? Start the show, maybe? Because we're at the beginning of the show. Brittany, I feel like you have to start the news. Ah, This is a good day, ladies and gentlemen. All right. Yakuza Studio teases Yakuza 8 setting and a separate unannounced game. This comes from Games Radar. This is something I was not expecting to wake up to one glorious morning, but I did. It was the sort of thing where, you know when you see in movies where someone is shocked by something and their eyes go wide and their mouth slightly goes agape? And you feel like people are just doing that for dramatic effect? Oh, no, no. That's exactly what happened to me when I saw that Yakuza 8 was trending. So this is the write-up from Games Radar, and then, of course, I'll add my little sense. So... Yakuza 8 will pick up several years after the events of Yakuza Like a Dragon, and developer Ryo Gakutoku is also working on a new game outside of the Yakuza and Judgment universe. Ooh. Studio director Masayoshi Yokoyama discussed RGG's plans in a recent interview with Famitsu. The title, Yakuza 8, quote, will be a sequel set several years after the story of Yakuza Like a Dragon, Yokoyama explained, later clarifying that the lead character Ichiban Kasuga will return as the protagonist of the next game in the series. He also stressed that the Judgment series remains, quote, very important to the studio. We can add this tidbit to our small but growing list of Yakuza 8 details, right alongside the fact that future games in the mainline series will be turn-based following the success of Like a Dragon, while the spin-off Judgment series will keep the action combat going. Speaking of Judgment, Yokoyama confirmed that the RGG has announced unannounced games, quote, outside of both the Yakuza and Judgment series in the works. He didn't specify how many games are spinning up, nor do his translated remarks explicitly mention new IP. <gasps> okay. So a few things. One, like, so what was going on is that there was a studio tour on RGG, and I don't have the guy's name, but apparently he's a very, very famous fighter in Japan, and he somehow got a studio of RGG, which is great. And for a few frames, they stopped by a developer that was working, and you got to see several of the characters returning. You had Ichiban, you had Namba, you had all all the lovelies. It feels like that is a really rookie mistake, because when I've done tours inside developer offices like this they're usually very strict about where cameras can and cannot be and what's on screens and and things like that so this feels like a whoopsie somebody let their guard down maybe i don't think so i think it was actually it was intentional because planted because we knew it well it had been announced the new yakuza game the like a dragon sequel we knew it was a thing that was coming so this might have just been a little an odd way a very very odd way of showing like a first (laughs) look hey you get like a few screens but we got to see again namba we got to see adachi and of course ichiban and the big thing with ichiban is his glorious afro is now tied back into a little ponytail and there are a lot of a lot of people have opinions on that i think the ponytail is going to get cut off and i think the glorious afro is going to come back because it absolutely must it's fucking iconic but what i'm actually most excited about out of this news is that we're going to a new city so yakuza like a dragon and lost judgment all took place primarily in yokohama and for some reason that city just isn't like really clicking with me the way kamurocho did in yakuza zero through six i was able to play you know all seven games back to back and never grow tired of the Kamurocho setting but for some reason like Yokohama just ain't doing it for me so I'm very very thrilled about the idea that we get to go somewhere new and if any of my Yakuza friends are listening probably hopefully end up back in Kamurocho in the Millennium Tower you know what I'm talking about but yeah so you know the way like a dragon ended I'm not gonna spoil it because some people probably still are playing it but you know it sets up an interesting potential new premise of what's going on with former Tojo clan, the Omi Alliance, and yeah. Anyhow, exciting shit. This really literally got like zero news except for the new city and like we already knew that RGG was working on new games, but you know, it's just, it doesn't take much to get us all riled up. <laughs> so there you go. No, I like Brittany riled up. Oh girl, let's, go. let's rile me up some Let's more. go, especially when you're wearing our legacy tank. Oh I know, I forgot about this bad boy, but I found it in my closet and I was like, holy shit. It's good. It's hot out. I'm going to pit out otherwise. So at least this way you won't be able to tell. Nice. I'm actually sipping from uh, our What's Good Games 
Defenders of Video Game City oh, mug today. I love it. Love, love, love. I have this glass that has WDG with the Destiny Ooh. Tricorn on it. Ooh. What's good, Just Guardians? Shout out. <laughs> uh, speaking of video games, Xbox owners will finally be able to connect to Discord voice chats from their consoles. <laughs> That's the news. Exciting. Yeah. Obviously, people have been wanting this for a while. Discord is a great way to connect via voice chat when you're doing cross-platform play. And having this be able to have a native integration is cool. Yeah. So, uh... Hooray. It's awesome. I will say I have the Xbox headset and it is actually really easy to jump into a Discord with your phone and then have your headset also connect to the actual console or PC and have both on a switcher so that you can turn your voice in the Discord up and then also turn the game up independently, which is really, really convenient for me. So I might actually still use that workaround even once this is deployed, I know it's available now for Xbox insiders and, you know, rolling out large to everybody in the public soon. But it's really great that they have this option, right? Nothing's worse than trying to play a game with somebody and using the in-game chat and it just doesn't work. Or Dude. in the menu, it doesn't work. Or and you're loading into a game, it's silent. So you have that awkward moment where you're like, oh, you didn't answer my question. It was really serious. And now I feel strange. So <laughs> like this is great. It again. <laughs> no, I've been really <laughs> excited about this lately. And I don't know if it's just been the connection we've had. But, you know, so for those of you who don't know, Jason and I have two TVs in our living room because lol me share my console with a man get out of here the problem is is that we have you know we're sitting right next to each other and we each wear a headset because back in the day we used to let you know the tv do its thing and blare out all the video game sounds but now that we have a sleeping child upstairs we're like yeah let's use a headset and plus it's easier to hear each other but the connection lately has just been hot fire and we're just using we're not we're partying up in the xbox menu we're not using like the in-game chat necessarily like that you get through the game itself but i feel like no matter what game we've been playing lately it's just been like really bad and i don't Mm. know if y'all have been having any problems or you guys do more so when you say hot fire you don't mean like like good not like dialogue like like sorry hot hot garbage not hot fire yeah yeah yeah, Mm. no really bad bad the hot fire is on you it is consuming your flesh that kind of hot tire fire thank you hot tire fire yeah yeah that's lingo the cool kids use so i don't know like (laughs) hopefully this will fix it because it's really frustrating because like it cuts out it pops it clicks at first i thought it was the headset but it's not but anyway I'm very excited for this. This made me happy. Go Discord. I heard, yeah. like, you're really great. We use Discord. Good for Discord. Yeah. We do. We're using Discord literally as we speak. Yeah. <laughs> Love you, Discord. Uh, also, speaking of Discord, did y'all know that What's Good Games has a Discord server? It's true. Discord.gg slash What's Good Games. Got lots of cool peeps up in there if you want to connect with people and talk about nerdy stuff that's not just video games. We have anime, movie, TVs, streaming setups, all kinds of stuff. Head on over. Join the Discord. Yay, community. Yeah, connect with people who also appreciate and love the show. Moving on to the next story, PlayStation continues eSports expansion with repeat.gg acquisition. This comes from gamesindustry.biz, and they write that PlayStation is continuing to ramp up its investment in eSports with the acquisition of the platform technology repeat.gg. So they're a leaderboard tournament that's designed to make eSports more accessible. LOL, we'll talk about that in just a second. It tracks how players are performing in games, allowing them to participate in competitions without having to be online at the same time. They've hosted over 100,000 tournaments with more than 2.3 million participants. Wow. So, yeah, what's Hmm. interesting about this is that there's a lot of these companies that exist online today that are kind of what they would call casual esports even though they're really they don't really feel like esports because i hear esports i think professional play high level professional play i don't think hey i'm gonna jump on and try my hand at a Fortnite tournament and i'm in esports now (laughs) right so i think like some of the nomenclature around it is a little sticky for me personally but i don't want to go down too far of a rabbit hole with that i think it's interesting that playstation's continuing to move into esports knowing that it has historically and still continues continues to not be a console based part of the video games industry. It's so heavily PC and mobile focused now. I don't really know like why they would continue to invest there other than, you know, people think that continuing to invest in esports is going to have giant returns, mm-hmm. which for some people it does, but for most people it does not. Yeah. I imagine that's exactly what it is. Like they're putting their all their money on that horse, the esports horse. 
But it will be interesting to watch how they grow this brand or if they're just going to take the technology of the platform and integrate it in some other way, maybe do things on the PlayStation platform mm. instead of on external ones. So I guess, yeah, keep your eyes peeled. Like a banana. Like yeah, a banana. Yes. Like a dragon. That visual is not great for me. Eyes peeled like a banana. Just, Ew. You know. Wait, I didn't. Yep. Okay. Huh. Thank you for that. You know what? Now you all are thinking about <laughs> yeah. it. Enjoy. How about we talk about some video games and television? Because there's quite a few little stories about video games crossing over into TV or transmedia, as the cool kids like Ooh, to say. That buzzword. Yeah. Buzzy, buzzy word. Xbox Video Game Grounded which, you know, is officially released. It was in early access and then it had beta. It's all about, you know, the, the miniatures. Like, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, I think, yeah. is the thing everybody uh-huh. talks about. It's getting an animated series from the people who made Star Wars Clone Wars. Andrea's husband cool. works for Disney. Yes, that's, I mean, <laughs> but, um, but this, is not a dis- this is not a Disney but product. But we Star Wars. All. That's what you gotta do. Hey, listen, just because writer Brent Friedman worked on a Star Wars property does listen, not mean that this is a Disney story. I don't want anywhere with Star Wars. He also is. worked on Star Trek, so. Cool. Disclaimer. What is that? That's Paramount, right? I'm pretty oh. sure that's Paramount. All the disclaimers. Andrea All the, knows yes. people. Get over yes, it. Yes. <laughs> exactly. It's true. Obsidian Entertainment and Xbox are adapting the game into the series in association with Waterproof Studios and SC Productions, Kinetic Media, and Bardell Entertainment. The series, of course, exists in the same universe as the game, follows four friends who the summer before high school plan to bring, quote, big things to elevate their social standing. But their plans are upended when they stumble upon shrinking technology that makes them just two inches tall. Mm. Now, the four shrunken friends must learn to survive in a towering backyard that's a jungle full of enormous predators and hiding a vast corporate conspiracy threatening their entire town. That's uh, via deadline, by the way, if you guys want to read the full write-up. Cool. Yeah, I thought it was a really fun premise. You know, the gameplay itself was like, cool. You know, remind me of most survival games where it's like, collect this, collect this and build this. But the idea that you're this little tiny two inch like human fighting big ants and shit and spiders. Like, that's what was fun for me. I never played it. God, I think it was years ago that I played it. And then I started to get into some story stuff. But then it was limited. But I think it was the beta at the time or whatever it was. And I never hopped back into it. But I've always thought about Grounded in a fond manner. So this is cool. I think it makes for a really good, you know, a really good TV or animated series. It'd be yeah. really fun. Like, the foundation is there is what I'm saying. Now, can they execute it? That's like a whole nother conversation. There's definitely many examples of poor executions that I'm sure we can all think of. Oh, and- yeah. I can think yeah. of one. <sighs> I mean, to, to be fair to everybody out there, everyone tries. And, you know, all jokes aside, like, Arcane was fucking brilliant. Like, there's been really good iterations of video games mm-hmm. taken to the big and the small screen in different forms of media. So I'm rooting for this one. You know, I love Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. But at this point, it's an elderly property. I think we can honestly say, like, it's a nostalgia it's a classic. moment. Yeah. It's a classic. Yeah. So there's definitely time to retell stories with that premise. And, you know, as you said, Brittany, it's a really strong foundation, not to make any ground jokes, but... You know, I hope yeah. that it's, I hope that it's good. You know, I'm really rooting for it. Yeah, I don't know when the last time was something's been told with that idea. You know, and with the technology that we have today, and that's why I think it could be a really interesting retelling. You know, like yeah. you see an iPhone, what do you have to do? Scan your face. How to do that? I don't know. Figure it out. Show writers. Make it clever. <laughs> do the thing. Make it clever. Netflix has a new number one show, surprising literally nobody. Stranger Things, everybody. You've been watching Stranger Things? Did you finish Stranger Things? I did. I did. I actually did. I watched it kind of like this for our audio listeners. Like, I'm peeking my eye through my hand. I was a little scared. Yeah. A little bit scared. I, yeah. The only thing I know about Stranger Things is that Master of Puppets made a cameo. And a whole bunch of idiots were trying to gatekeep Metallica, which is the funniest thing I've ever heard <laughs> in my life. Yeah, the moment that it made a cameo was absolutely epic, by the way. Absolutely. Um, It was so well done. And I really enjoyed the season. We could probably do a whole spoiler cast on it on a side. But despite how much we liked Stranger Things, that's not technically what this story is about. I duped you. It's because Resident Evil dethroned Stranger Things. Brittany, how excited are you about this story? (laughs) I mean, okay, I have so many feelings. And emotions are hard and complicated. (laughs) And like we said before, let me get my sappy bullshit out of the way. Like we said in the last story, people try, people put forth an effort, and I never want to be that person who just like, you know, shits all over everything. Like, that's not a nice thing to do, but God. No, it's not our bag. Damn. What the actual... Okay. So, admittedly, I'm only two episodes into this series. 
And it's hard to pull myself to watch anymore, but I'm going to do it because of the fan service that I heard happen. So anyway, yeah, like we were saying, Resident Evil, I don't know if it's still number one, but for a hot minute there, it was number one, which is pretty incredible. Seeing this, it's a 51 critic score on Rotten Tomatoes and a 25% audience score. And Ew, 25%. I mean, and that, that but that's not great. But that's what's so hard about it. Anytime you take a video game, you try to turn it into a show, people are going to be disappointed because mm-hmm. it's not going to be like their favorite iteration of that franchise, right? No matter what you do. Despite the fact that I'm seeing, I literally, I've had maybe like three people reach out and be like, I really enjoy this. Like, it's really good. Everyone else is just kind of poo-pooing it. I won't talk too much about it. All I will say two episodes in is it's just you have to go into the series, even myself, with a person who has the proper expectations going into it, the person who's so easily entertained, who liked the Halo TV series, who liked the Uncharted movie. It's a little different when it's like your baby, right? You just kind of have to just pretend like common knowledge doesn't exist if you're going to watch this movie. You're going to have a lot of questions like, why would you do that? That's really dumb. Apparently, Umbrella doesn't have enough money to invest in a security guard that patrols 24-7. Oh, I don't know. Maybe watches the front door. Maybe Umbrella doesn't have... Cool. Um, Great. I'm trying really hard, ladies. To, 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 I'm <laughs> trying really, really hard. I got really drunk on last weekend. Watched the first episode, which was a huge mistake. I had a lot of drafts in my Twitter account that I had thankfully deleted because I'm happy they never saw the light of day. But anyway, moving on from the fact that it's number one or it was number one. Wait, are they... Are they still in your drafts? Now they're gone. Damn. They had to be. I love going through my drafts from stuff that's like really old. And I was like, oh man, I wrote that once upon a time. I know. <laughs> you know, sometimes it's... Very glad I never sent it. Yeah. And sometimes it's nice not to put more negativity into the into the world. Sometimes you just got to bottle that. Sh- it's therapeutic to write it out, mm-hmm. right? And you don't always have yeah. to send it. But more exactly. news about the Resident Evil Netflix series. And of course, I will be talking more about it as I watch more. Hopefully by next week, I'll have watched... Maybe most of it. I think there's eight episodes, so I gotta dedicate six hours to that. Anyway, Resident Evil showrunner wants to bring Lady Dimitrisk to the Netflix series. The yes. showrunner of Netflix's Resident Evil wants to introduce a live-action version of fan-favorite villain Lady D from Resident Evil Village if the show is renewed. Speaking to Polygon, Andrew Dabb says he wants to bring in as many iconic characters from the game series as possible, including enemies from anywhere between the first and the latest entries. Quote, over the course of the series, I want to bring everything in, he said. <clears throat> Left to my own devices, I want Lady D, I want the plant monster, I want it all. I want everything. She's like Veruca from Willy Wonka, but judicially and responsibly over time. The question becomes, how do people change? So there are characters we haven't seen in quite a while, Jill Valentine and Claire Redfield being examples of that. How do they react in present day to all of this stuff happening? An equally interesting question, if not more interesting, is what happens 14, 15, 16 years into the future where the thing they were trying to prevent has happened. Okay, so from what I understand, the way the series ends is on a cliffhanger. There is a hint at a very iconic character making a cameo and a hopeful, air quote, here potential next season you know again like cool you do you just you trying to bring everything into a series trying to say you want to put everything in there there comes a point and this is what happened with welcome to raccoon city i think is what the name of that movie was called at some point it's just like you're just watching for the fan service you're just watching for the little references that the story the characters itself like kind of cease to like have any meaning you're just looking for those little easter eggs it's gonna be really hard to bring everything in But hey, you do you, sir. I hope it's a wild success. And that's all I got to say about that. (laughs) I mean, Tall tall Mommy sounds like a good addition to any show, right? I mean, yeah. You know, and we've seen a lot of cosplayers pull her off. Amazing. You know, that's just it, Ray. It's like, again, right expectations. This is just something fun to enjoy. Enjoy looking at the hot, sexy lady or in white or whoever the hell you're looking at and just have a good time. There. That's my my spin on it. You did great, Brittany. I'm proud of you. I need a stress ball. (laughs) (laughs) We'll find you one. There's got to be something you can squeeze on the shelves behind you. Um, While you're looking for something to squeeze, (laughs) in case you missed it, Sony has completed its $3.7 billion deal to acquire, there you go, Pokeballs, perfect, (laughs) to acquire Bungie. They shared the news on Twitter saying the agreement is closed and they can say, welcome to the PlayStation family. So that's exciting. Congrats to everyone involved with that. And another, in case you missed it, Star Wars Hunters, according to IGN, the squad-based PvP shooter coming from Zynga to the Nintendo Switch, also iOS and Android because Zynga, has been delayed until 2023. And Minecraft has officially said no to NFTs. 
That's right. A no, wag no, of the no, finger no, to no, NFTs. No, 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 The no. official uh, at Minecraft Twitter account basically said the TLDR. To ensure that Minecraft players have a safe and inclusive experience, blockchain technologies are not permitted to be integrated inside our Minecraft client and server applications, nor may they be utilized to create NFTs associated with any in-game content. How is Minecraft no going to make money, though? How is Minecraft going to yeah. make money? I wonder. I've, I don't know. Haven't they made all they the money seem, already? <laughs> I feel like they're really starving for money over there at, at Microsoft and Minecraft. They're really hurting it's like for Apple. dollar bills. It's like Apple. You know, these poor companies. <laughs> How can they sleep How without the NFTs? I feel like this is just Microsoft on the back end telling Moyang and everybody else associated with creating who creates stuff for Minecraft. Like, there is to be no third party NFTs for Minecraft. We catch you using our IP for NFTs. We are going to come after you with the full weight of the Microsoft legal. You team. know, it's that's what that's what I'm getting from yeah, this message. It reminds me of how companies are getting ahead of their games by saying no pay to win, no paid loot boxes. That's what it is. Because Sony mm. did their loyalty program too that they talked about last week, was it? And they also came out and was like no NFTs. So that's the new hotness. It's like the new no pay loot boxes. But no NFTs. Yeah. I love how they say it's to, to promote a safe and inclusive experience. Like, interesting choice of words there, Minecraft. I'm wondering what's the impetus ah. was for going with that angle. But it's good to see them taking a stance, you know, and nothing associated with any in-game content. Like, no mods, no DLCs, no partnerships, no third-party stuff. Like, none of it. Like, absolutely not. It's just not going to happen. So... Very much the putting their foot down. Flag and NFTs in the sand. Minecraft just don't mix anyway. I think of you know the demographic for that game being a lot of kiddos. Oh yeah, that's exactly. so, so many children. I bought an ape. Yeah, mom. If, if people were mad about like loot boxes and kids, Ooh, like, NFTs and kids, mm -mm. I haven't even thought about that yet. I wonder if Roblox is going to say anything soon. Oh, interesting. Another company starving for money. You know, I feel so bad. <sighs> yeah, <sighs> that small, tiny little company um, <laughs> over there. You know, just having hundreds of millions of active daily users. It's fine. All right. Well, that is the end of our news block for this week. We're going to take a really short break because when we come back, Rihanna and I went to a video game event in a different place. <gasps> in 2022. Just like the, just like the old days. <laughs> and we're going to talk about it. Plus, Brittany, you've been playing some stuff, too. I have. And it's got little cute cats in it. Stick with us, everybody. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody. It's the second segment of the What's Good Games podcast, where we talk about what we've been playing and any preview events that we have been to. But before we dive into the event that Rihanna and I went to, I would like to say thank you to these sponsors. Today's episode of What's Good Games is brought to you by HelloFresh. What is HelloFresh? Are you still asking yourself that question after we've talked about it on this show many, many times and how we love making their delicious meals? Well, HelloFresh, you get farm fresh pre-portioned ingredients delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store except to get your tequila and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. And that's why it's America's number one meal kit. You can choose from over 50 weekly options featuring pre-portioned, high-quality ingredients picked at peak ripeness. And Hello fresh will deliver those fresh quality produce from the farm to your door in less than a week so you can savor the summer flavors right at home bust out the grill on a nice warm evening and make dinner from hellofresh's cookout collection with recipes like the melty monterey jack burgers Mmm, I can just smell the toasted buns now. Plus, the great thing about these recipes is that they're foolproof. They give you step-by-step -step guides so that you can have a joyful cooking experience and a stress-free summer. Plus, HelloFresh cuts back on your time spent in the kitchen with meals ready in just about 30 minutes or less sometimes. Like one of the, my favorite quick meals that I like to get from HelloFresh is the cucumber tomato pita pockets. Mm -hmm. They are so delicious. They have some lemon zest on there some red wine vinaigrette and you can make this delicious like yogurt sauce it's just a really nice quick and easy lunch and it's vegetarian so you can feel good about eating something healthy and another thing that I really like to make that Charlie has decided she likes is the edamame and cauliflower fritters I've been testing out a lot of the vegetarian meals because they have all kinds of options no matter what your diet so if you guys still haven't tried HelloFresh and you want to help out what's good games go to HelloFresh dot com slash what's good 16 and use our code what's good 16 for 16 free meals across seven boxes plus three 
free gifts. Try America's number one meal kit for yourself by going to HelloFresh.com slash What's Good 16 and use our code What's Good 16 to get 16 free meals across seven boxes and three free gifts. This episode of What's Good Games is also brought to you by Athletic Greens, which is a product that I use literally every day. Now, I started taking AG1 because, hey, while I'm fantastic about making sure everyone around me is getting the nutrition and hydration they need, I'm admittedly pretty bad at prioritizing myself. So what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods-sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging all of the things. And every morning while Jason and Jace are getting their breakfast fix, I've made it a point to make sure I'm also getting my breakfast with Athletic Greens. And while I've never been a breakfast person, I prioritize chugging my AG1 because it gives me this little zip that I didn't know I was missing. I mean, does everyone just start their morning by eating breakfast and feeling good? I mean, that's great. Maybe I should have been doing this a long time ago. And Jason also incorporates it into his daily fruit smoothies, and he also agrees it gives him a significant boost. And on top of helping your body feel good, your conscious can feel good too because Athletic Greens is a climate neutral certified company and in 2020, AG purchased carbon credits that support projects protecting old growth rainforests and for every purchase, Athletic Greens donates to organizations helping to get nutritious food to kids in need including No Kid Hungry here in the US. Fantastic. And in 2020, AG donated over 1.2 million meals to kids which is, again, fantastic. And right now it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you one free supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash what's good. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash what's good to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Rihanna, did you have a fun time in Las Vegas or what? I had a, a hot time in Las Vegas. Let me tell you, it was over on 115 100 degrees. degrees Holy balls. <laughs> Damn. It was yeah, very it was- warm. So Andrea, we had the pleasure of being invited to the Saints Row hands-on preview event down in uh, sunny Las Vegas <laughs> recently and, you know, got some time with the game, got some time to really embed ourselves in the world of Santo Alesso. And it was really fun. We we saw some other outlets, some other reviewers there, got to compare notes on our experience. But most importantly, we got to see the game. And I know a lot of people are excited to hear about this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So thank you to Deep Silver and Volition for inviting us out. It was really cool how they took over a hotel I should say a motel off strip and really kind of like skinned it like it's Santa Edleso and I really thought they did a really great job and more importantly as you mentioned we got a really meaty chunk of time to play the game which we played co-op yeah we played the whole demo co-op which was really awesome so for people who maybe haven't heard about what's going on with Saints Row, the game that's coming out on August 23rd, so just next month, is a reboot, meaning they are taking the story and completely doing something original new. You play a boss and you have new sidekicks, which we're going to get into in just a second. And the world of Saints Row is still very much feels like Saints Row, but none of the characters that you saw in the original franchise are going to be making an appearance. I mean, they did mention that there might be some cameos here Mm -hmm. and there, but they were like, don't keep your eyes peeled for Johnny Gadd. You're just like, that's not not what we're trying to do with the game this time around. So I think it's really interesting, you know, what they've got going on this time around. So, Ree, why don't you start by kind of telling people about your experience uh, playing the game? Yeah, so first off, I'll say I am not as familiar with Saints Row. I've played like a couple of hours of previous games here and there. So it is definitely probably marketed to someone like me with the reboot aspect where I don't feel like I'm coming in at a loss. I am not completely unfamiliar with what's going on because they really are starting from scratch. And what I really love about this approach is that you get the chance to get reinvested in this world. And we've all seen open world games before, but this one has a lot more shenanigans that you can get up to than maybe even something that you've seen in GTA. So 
What I really liked about our co-op experience is that it made it very clear that this city is meant to be a playground. And there is a campaign and a storyline and a narrative that you will experience in this new Saints Row. However, if you want to just, you know, kidnap a car and just fuck off and go see how many helicopters you can crash into buildings, you can absolutely do that. But while you're doing it, it's very possible you might turn into a mailbox and be running around with an axe and you can stop an entire police convoy and steal a cop car all while being a mailbox, which is absolutely something that happened to me during our co-op playthrough. So I will say that it's fun because it takes this in a a whole nother wacky direction, but it still has a lot of heart and a lot of gratitude. Avatars and, and what they're doing with the the actual boss character that you're stepping into and their little family of misfits that they've collected around them, which is really sweet and very endearing. So I love that this game has a, a new sort of approach to balancing what you're experiencing in the narrative and what you're getting up to in the open world. And when I say the boss factory is ridiculously unlimited in the different combinations of aspects you can put into your character, I'm not exaggerating. And we were actually talking with some of the creative team and they mentioned there's even more coming. So if there's something you see there that you don't see there that you want to incorporate into your boss character, like a hijab or maybe some additional hairstyles or you know even some orthopedic upgrades, like you can absolutely do that in the future because this game is coming out on August 23rd as you said but that's not the end point and what's really impressive about the studio and also you know the team at Deep Silver supporting Volition and making sure that they have all of the resources they need to bring this experience to life is that they said to us you know there are some features that didn't make it into the first cut of the game but they will be free DLC down the line and they will be constantly updating this with new features new balances and new aspects of playing either in co-op or in single player. So this is really a longer tale than maybe most Saints Row experiences that people have seen in the past. And it's it's exciting and encouraging that, you know, they're really going to pay homage to the original series and the original world, but definitely give you something new for people who are coming in fresh like myself. Absolutely. You did a great job talking about the series and we're watching the Boss Factory trailer that is out on YouTube now because the Boss Factory demo is available if you guys want to do some pre-customization of your boss in advance of the game coming out. And it's just so fun. I do like how they kept it very Saints Row by adding all these really like wacky options in the character creator, but they also made it really inclusive. Like, for example, this is probably one of the only character creators that I've personally seen, not to say that more don't exist, that included skin options for Vitiligo and also lots of different prosthetic options, which I think is awesome. You know, we were talking to the team about how important it is to make the character creator as inclusive as possible, but also still make it Saints Row, right? They still need to make it wacky and silly. And I really think that they've nailed it as far as like really feeling like you have a lot of tools to make a fun boss in this world. Now, I'm not going to lie. When I went into this demo, I was fully expecting to have a good time, but I wasn't expecting to come away being like, oh, I can't wait to play. I was like, it's another open world game. Mm-hmm. It's another action open world game with a big old map and a lot of things to check off and too many distractions. And girl, I ain't got time for that. <laughs> but we had so much fun playing together. And I was so impressed by the narrative storytelling in the game that I am way more excited to play through this game than I thought. I never would have put this game on my most anticipated list. Not because the game isn't good or because I didn't think it was going to be good. Just because I was like, this is just another big sandbox game that I'm not going to have time for. And the story has historically been too a little over the top and wacky for me to really grab onto. But the writing is just so well done and what we've got to play. I mean, so many laugh out loud moments when Rihanna and I were playing together where we would just kind of like burst out laughing at some of the lines of dialogue in the cutscenes because it was so funny. And I'm really looking forward to seeing how these new characters interact with your character and kind of their backstories and, you know, learning about them and their place in your crime organization and kind of meeting some of the people in the different factions. I think that I 
didn't expect to be so drawn to the narrative in a Saints Row. That yeah. was going to be one of my questions because when I think of Saint Row, Saints Row, like you said, I expect to go in there, have a good time, maybe put in like 10 hours and then eventually just kind of get burned out of the silliness. So that's what I was going to ask. Like, do you think the narrative is going to be gripping enough to actually carry you through the whole game? So I guess like what I'm asking is when you think about the narrative, are they leaning more into it this time around and are they making it more important? As instead of just kind of like a thing that's kind of thrown into this fun playground? I definitely would say yes, they are. Because it's a brand new start, right? Because it's a reboot, they really are at the ground level of the narrative to kind of build it up and to get people back Yay. in. Yeah, what I think is really great about what they're doing is they're making it really relatable, I think, to people who are like our generation and younger. Because let me tell you, there's a lot of references to student Oh, God. Like a lot. <laughs> oh, man. I'm oh, so no. seen. Oh. <laughs> I mean, you basically start the game by doing a heist with your roommates. By the way, you live with three roommates. That's very millennial right there. It's like, none of us can afford to buy houses. Got to have five roommates. Six roommates, however many roommates. And you're going out to get rent money. And you're going to go, like, do a heist <laughs> to get rent money. Literally. Just to survive. And I was like... It just feels so real in a way that's comical. But of course, it's Saints Row, right? So it's still very whimsical and silly. But the characters are also really great. I would really love to know, Brittany, who you immediately think your husband might be or your waifu, because oh. I know I picked mine. <laughs> OK, and well, I will. It seems to be a very popular pick, even from people within the studio. OK, well, I'll definitely keep an eye out. I will keep that sexual filter on. Who yes, do, who always. Do I, I mean, it's always on anyway. Who am I fucking kidding? I'm always like, all right. <laughs> we know who she's going to pick. Oh, yeah. do you? Okay. I bet I can guess. Yeah. OK, we'll see how predictable well, we'll see. I am. We'll see how I mean, it shakes out. It's only because he runs around a little bit like some of your previous husbandos. Ah. Your current husbandos, maybe? Ah. Okay. Mm. Okay. Okay. Let's see. How does okay. that work? Is there like a constant stack ranking or do they like, you know, have seasons for who's in first? Oh, my husbandos? Mm. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, they definitely fluctuate. Like right now, you know, I'm playing Fire Emblem Warriors, Three Hopes. And so now I'm, I'm more exposed to Claude Von Regan. And mm. now he is probably my number one husbando at this point, you know. And I'm also, though, <laughs> replaying Yakuza Like a Dragon. So, you know, that's going to switch <laughs> up a little bit. Okay, let's see what we're looking at. Okay. Okay, who's the guy on the left? So these who's are- the guy on the left? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Correct. All right. So that's Kevin. Right, that's Boning Kevin. <laughs> Can you bone? Yeah. So those, you know, no, um, there's at least not like as a game mechanic that I'm aware <laughs> of. But yeah, so these are, these are, do we call them the saints? No, they're not saints. Right? I mean, let's go with roommates for now, I guess. Roomies? Roomies? Yeah, that seems, that seems right. So Kevin is the guy who is clearly running around shirtless with all of the tattoos uh-huh. that we figured you would be into. <laughs> mm-hmm. And he is really interesting because, <laughs> because like, how silly is it that he just always has a shirt off? I mean, mm-hmm. I'm into it. Oh, my it, God. That's like Majima from Yakuza. Always shirtless. See, I have a type. I have a type. <laughs> shirtless my and type tattoos. Is don't own shirts. <laughs> yeah, don't own shirts. I'm burning all of Jason's shirts to make it fit. <laughs> but yeah, it's really fun to see all of the different characters of the roomies. Right? We have, um, I don't know their <laughs> names, so help me out here. Andrea, this, sorry for, for audio listeners this b-roll is hilarious please take a look over at youtube.com slash what's good games when you get a chance but we have kevin who is uh you know a, a bit of a the rough guy you know he's gonna punch the dude in the face when you need to get past the security he's gonna be the one to cook everybody dinner once you get home and you have your rent money nina is the is the girl on your squad and she so she's got the the Andrew Renee glasses, mm-hmm. I'm going to call them. <laughs> and she's really kind of, I mean, from what we saw, she feels like a little like punchy. She's sassy. I think that she's got a lot of, <laughs> yeah, sassy, a lot of personality. And, you know, she is your ride or die. And then like the kind of like lovable nerd. Uh, the lovable nerd in the group is Eli. So they call themselves like a gang, but they feel more like a like a ragtag set of you know, want to be gang members. But that's the whole idea behind the Saints Row is that you're building your criminal empire. So you're starting out, you know, trying to get rent money, but eventually you're going to take over the town and make everyone your bitch. I guess. Yeah. So it's clear you have some maybe uh, less than on the up and up experience with this group of friends, your, your gang, your roomies, but you're running around doing different types of missions. So there's missions where you're trying to steal stuff. You're, you're doing scouting missions, you know, jumping and you have the, the classic, wingsuit where you go from a tall building and see how far you can get and scout out different areas. That never areas. gets old. 
<laughs> it never gets old. And like shout out to the team at Volition who builds this open world because the the mechanics happening behind the scenes to make that happen, especially in co-op. So I went up to the roof first oh, and I jumped off and Ree's driving a car across a bridge to come meet me because she sees my icon on the mini map. It? And so she doesn't understand yeah. that I'm like in the a air. stolen ambulance, um, which is you know, very fun. <laughs> and as I'm like got my arms out like supermaning through the skies of Santa Elisa, I see Ree just like careening down the bridge <laughs> in the distance. And it just reminds me what's so fun about these games, especially being able to play them co-op. And also just the work that goes into making a game like this work, right? Like all the, all the nuts and bolts of it. So a lot of fun. The wingsuit, just, just chef's kiss. So good. Yeah, there, there was a lot of really great co-op moments where Andrea is actually doing the, the real mission. And, and I am running around terrorizing the cops with an axe as a mailbox <laughs> at the same time. And what's great is that there's shared loot, shared experience. You know, okay. there is no deficit to doing things as a group. You can only cover more ground and get more done. And there are actually some additional features that are currently in place for as of release for co-op. So there's this system called pranks, which is actually how I turned into this mailbox. And Andrea, you actually pranked me, which is why I turned into the mailbox. And I actually wasn't able to yes. pull a prank off. So let us know how that was from your perspective. So the prank system is unique to co-ops. You can't play it or get it in single player. And you basically have these lists of tasks you have to complete in the game to fill like your prank meter. Now I'm using giant air quotes there because that's not the like there's not like an official term for it that I got from the team. It's just you essentially you can't spam the prank button and like keep pranking the mm. person you're playing with. You have to like earn it. And then once you've completed like the challenge in order to get the prank, you basically just have like an RNG prank that gets pulled on your teammate where they turn into a set of random <laughs> objects and we were talking to the team and they were kind of running down some of the wild things that can happen to you while you're getting pranked by your co-op partner. And I'm not actually going to list them out here because I think it will be better left for you to experience organically as you play with somebody. But it was really fun and we had a blast and it just really kind of makes the gameplay experience unique when you get to play with somebody else. Mm. And they're fun pranks. They're not like bad pranks because normally... I am not a prank fan. <laughs> Normally I'm like, I hate pranks. I think they're stupid and dumb and you should feel stupid and dumb for pulling pranks on people. But these are just like very lighthearted and, and, and fun. So yeah, and none of them missions. keep you from being able to do anything. They're all just purely right. cosmetic and They're delightful. not punitive. Okay. They're just funny. That's good to know. One more quick question. Do you do missions with your roomies or do you only do it with other people who created like what I mean is like I know you have to do like the heist in the beginning is what it sounds like probably with your roomies to get rent money but when you're just exploring around the world are your roomies hanging back or are they with you or how does that work it depends on what you're doing I think in some of the main story missions your roommates will be there with you not playable but they'll okay. be there with you but the vast majority of the stuff that we played like they weren't there just wondering how how often I'm yeah. able to look at Kevin just you know <laughs> You can always go back to yeah. your crash pad and apartment. just stare yeah. at it. When I played with like. Jason, it'd be like, okay, babe, we gotta go back to the apartment. <laughs> just <laughs> tell me you have to switch out your loadout because you, you actually do yeah, have do. to go back to the apartment in order to change all of your guns loadout. So just Perfect. Look, tell them that. Great excuse. Let's go. <laughs> but yeah, we had a blast playing this game. It was super fun. There's definitely no shortage of things to do in the game. And, you know, there's... A little bit of something gameplay wise for everybody seems like there's going to be a lot to do. And, you know, they did mention when we were talking with creative director, you know, Brian Traficante, that there is going to be a traditional DLC model for this game. So because we asked, you know, mm -hmm. so many games are doing like this live service model now, even like open world traditional RPG style games are kind of getting into it, like your Assassin's Creed and whatnot. And they were like, no, we're still doing a very like traditional model for this game so i think maybe once they fully step into gen 9 that might change or not because you know volition's really kind of kept the way that they've made their games the same like multiplayer right like obviously everybody's always asking them about multiplayer and they're like yeah we have co-op in the game yeah right there <laughs> yeah. oh yeah, one other note multiplayer <laughs> andrea you chose a different voice for for your character than i did so Kaylin, one of the, the UX designers, she did mention that depending on what voice type you select in your Boss Factory character creator, you'll have different dialogue throughout the game, which I thought was really, really interesting. 
Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I picked a, a <laughs> British woman's voice for my boss, which I highly recommend. The voice actor is amazing. And so there was a bunch of British specific or UK specific like slang in the dialogue and things like cod swallop and shite and whatnot. And they, she was talking to us about how there's like a Southern voice as well, like Southern United States voice. And there's like a lot of, you know, Southern slang Y'all and twang darling. and things like that. Sugar. Amazing. And I'm like, ooh, I like that. <laughs> it kind of like changes it up a little bit and makes it feel, you know, a little bit more personalized. Now, we asked if there was actually, you know, major differences narratively. And they were like, no. I mean, but, you know, we wanted to give it a little pizzazz instead of just making it, you know. Very like plug and play, and I was like, I like yeah. that. Makes uh, makes it lots voice. of care in color in this game. Very excited. Yeah, but yeah, so um, it's fun. Oh, I'm so excited. If you're looking for something to do, and you know, one of the things we mentioned just to kind of like wrap up our chat about this game here is that they're actually coming out in a pretty good time. The game season of this summer has been like pretty quiet more quiet than it's been the last couple of summers. And I think a lot of that has to do with shifting timelines because of the pandemic and teams just kind of catching up or, you know, saying, hey, you know what? We've been really stressed out. We don't want to crunch. We don't want to put pressure on our teams to meet these artificial deadlines when we can take our time and, you know, actually make a game and not kill ourselves doing it. And I I love that. And I think that means that this game is going to, I think, find an audience where maybe if it was coming out in a busier season that maybe people would be like mm, I'm just gonna overlook this you know if it was coming out this holiday oh God. it'd have a lot more competition so I think that people are gonna have fun playing this game very excited yay cool yeah pew pew fun video games <laughs> are there dildo bats bats of the dildo version. not that okay. I'm aware of I'm actually okay with the dildo bat, like, never. Yeah, I, had, I had my fun just, with it. You know, it's kind of a staple, but I, yeah. I, I could also retire it. I really could. That was a yeah. big old purple thing. I'm into the wacky, but, you know, we don't need to go all the way into campy. That's okay. Mm. You know, we can just have the edit button dialed down just slightly, and it can still be fun. But, like, yeah, dildo bats were a thing in Saints Row. And they were glorious. <laughs> you know, they had their time in the sun. Floppy, purple. Big. Giant. Yeah, never forget. Big. Yeah. Hashtag never forget. <laughs> Brittany, <laughs> you've been playing an adorable game that I'm very excited to play that I haven't gotten a chance to download Oh, yet. my God. Yeah, I feel like everyone's talking about Stray right now, and rightfully so. It's just one of those little gems of a video game that I feel like has been teased you know, for at least a year now. I don't know. And now it's out. And now it's just, like, making everybody super happy who's playing it. Not everybody. I'm sure there's someone out there named, like, Dave who's upset by Stray. Dave, go fuck yourself. Um, (laughs) Yeah, so Stray. So this is developed by Blue 12 Studio, published by Annapurna. And it is out this week on Windows, PS4, and PS5. And if you're looking for a little bite-sized gem of an indie game to play, like, I don't even have to say anymore. Just go download it and play it. It's five to seven-ish hours. I think I wrapped up and closer to, like, five and a half, depending on if you want to, you know, collect all the things or just, like, discover and roam around the town or just LARP as a cat. So when it comes to the narratives of Stray, this is the one thing I went into this game knowing absolutely nothing about. I had seen the, the trailer. I had seen the neon city. I saw the cat with the cute little vest and been like, what does this all mean? Like, what's going on? So I don't want to talk too much about it because for me, one of the like, the coolest parts of this game was discovering what is happening in it and like, what is this world that we are exploring? But, you know, just kind of a, a brief overview is, yeah, you are playing as a cat and you get separated from your cat friends. And now you are trying to get to the surface and I'll just kind of leave it at that. But along the way, you have a little robot friend named B12 who helps you and kind of navigates you and points you in the right direction. Or if you get lost, you can always ask your little robot friend for some help and they'll guide you. B12 also acts as your main translator because you are interacting with a bunch of robots and you get to learn like, why are they there? Who are they? What is their purpose? And like, it's so interesting because when writing is done 
right? You know, you have these robot NPCs that you interact with and you talk with, and some of them, you know, tell you about their story. Some of them ask for little favors in a roundabout way. They're so memorable, but yet you only maybe share maybe four or five lines of dialogue with them, but you still think about it even after, you know, the game is done. So, like, I just can't get enough kudos to all these little robot friends because I feel like each one is just so individually well-written and so well done. And I just had an absolute blast walking around this game being a cat. And so, like, that's kind of the big thing with Stray, right? You are a cat, which is so great because I guess I didn't realize, like, I can't think of a game where I played as a cat before. Can you two think of any where you're a cat? Animal Crossing? Yeah. Well, that well, doesn't. Uh, that, that's it. Yeah, if I saw that cat in the streets, I'd probably <laughs> die. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely lots of games with cats. I mean, there's like Cat Quest, right? Right. And, but I mean, yes, there definitely are games you play as a cat, but not, not like, like a real this. cat. Like Cat Quest was a, actually a really fun indie game, but you know, you you swing swords and shit. Yeah. But this is like right. But like this, yeah, this is like your like they actually have the physics. Oh of my a god! Cat. And it is it adds such a breath of fresh air to this genre of game because. You know, it's interesting because when you're playing as a cat, you know, you walk up to a door and you're like, how do I open this door? And you're like, hold up. I'm a fucking cat. I don't have to open this door. I see some air conditioner units on the wall. I can just like jump up those in a really cute kitty cat way and like make my way over this wall. Or, you know, if you see a security camera and you're act- you're worried that you're acting suspicious, it's like, hold on, I'm a cat. Like, I'm supposed to be in this alleyway. Like, no one's going to think twice. So it really, you have to almost, like, reconfigure your brain <laughs> when you're playing it. And just being a cat alone is so much fun. The way this adorable little cat moves and the way the platforming works, it's all so simple but so well executed. It's never a brain breaker, which is so great. And there's a dedicated meow button. Which I just, I mean. Yes, meow button. Oh my God. Like I would find myself just sitting like meowing at shit. And you can meow at the robots and see what the reactions are going to be. Or even in dialogue, you can meow anytime you want. It was just a warm and fuzzy game. No pun intended. Maybe it's intended. That (laughs) I feel like if you're at all interested in, you should absolutely play. It's just one of those gems that I think is going to be with that's going to stick with me for for a while. And I'm just so thrilled that it it turned out so well. You know, I think if a warning is, you know, if you're worried about, you know, does the cat get like hurt or can the cat like die a gruesome death? Like, no, don't worry. Like, obviously, there are some game over screens, but nothing I saw was ever like. Like, oh my God, you know, because like, listen, the cat's fucking adorable and we love animals and like I can handle watching NPC humans like eat dirt all day. But when it comes to animals, like nay, nay. Yeah. So don't worry about that. And yeah, just, you know, if you can do it in one playthrough, great. If not, like, you know, I did it in two days because of hashtag children, child, just one. Oh God. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Shout out to all the parents doing multiples. I don't know how y'all do it. But yeah, you know, in in terms of the actual just gameplay, it's a lot for me, it was just exploration trying to chat with as many robots as I can learn about them and their story why they're there or what their hopes and dreams and ambitions are and again like you only get a few lines of dialogue but I feel like it's so well written that you can tell a lot by these NPCs just by that you know there are some optional collectibles you can do if you want I am not a person who does collectibles but just in my basic exploration I found everything that I needed so yeah it's very respectful of your time I feel like there's little to no fat on this game and I never got bored of a specific area there were a few moments where I was like okay this feels a little overboard like you didn't need to make it as and complicated isn't even the word for it but you could have trimmed that down a little bit is kind of I guess what my overall thought process was but yeah man it's just it's so good and you just feel so and it tells such a heartwarming story it's such a good story heartwarming I'd be, be interested to see if you two think it's heartwarming I guess I do but maybe my mind's all fucked up and corrupt but anyway <laughs> yeah just play it very possible I'm sure I'm sure it is <laughs> yeah you know it, it's kind of like a Disney movie it's kind of what I would say you know where you yeah I'll just I, I'm gonna stop talking but stray absolutely worth it absolutely should be played so Britt I have a question yeah can I recommend this game to my mom now my mom plays games she plays all the switch stuff she's played through tell me why so she can navigate in a 3D world using okay. the thumbsticks, which big hurdle, I'm very aware. But mm-hmm. like, is this a game that would translate to people who aren't used to, you know, shooters or, or people who maybe don't understand the native gamer 
their language of that thing is yellow, so that means I can jump on it. Is this something for somebody who's maybe newer to gaming? Yeah, so I would say there are a few sequences where you have to evade, run very fast, which a cat is very good at. But And on that note, too, when you are being, air quote, attacked here, you have to mash the circle button. And I didn't see any options where you can kind of get rid of that button mash mechanic and instead just hold it down for so if you have you know for accessibility for example that thing that's an important thing to point out but if your mom can you know do a chase sequence maybe I think you know that's probably as complicated as it gets there are some light light puzzle mechanics but nothing that I feel like can't be figured out so I would say yeah I think she would I think she'd enjoy it she'd be able to get it we'll see how she likes it yeah you really should it's just a joy it's and i honestly just want to go back and keep living in that world so i hope we uh get a, a stray too yeah fingers crossed yeah. more yeah. kitty cats. with so the s looks like a two. Oh, oh look at you miss marketer <laughs> doing their work for them yeah. i like it though i like it well, thanks for um, for giving us that report on Stray. I mean, I already planned on playing this game, <laughs> Avi. <laughs> Hashtag Catley. But like I mentioned, I haven't gotten a chance yet because it's been been a little hectic at the Drake household, everybody. But we hope that y'all are making some time for video games this weekend or this week. And you let us know what you're playing and what's good. Tweet to us at what's good underscore games and let us know what you got going on. Yeah. Oh, also, that was a review code. So don't sue me. So thank you for the code. Oh, so don't sue me. <laughs> thank you, Annapurna Interactive, for sending Brittany the code. They also sent me a code, which I haven't downloaded yet. But thank you for sending Disclaimer. All right, everybody. That's going to do it for this week. We will see you next week on the show. It's going to be a good one. Have a great weekend, everybody. Bye. Bye.